You are now listening to the Blue Record Podcast. Yeah. Check it. Yeah. We in this together. A Spelmanite is a warrior fighting for justice We can never be silent, so yeah, we causing a ruckus Lift our voices up to bring injustice down Speaking truth to power, we loving the sound Undaunted by the fight, love is all we need It's time to clear out the air so we all can breathe Ain't no stopping us, we stick together This bond is gonna last forever Marching every day until we free That's our buried treasure Happy Valentine's Day, y'all. Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) Well, it's not Valentine's Day yet, but do y'all have any plans to celebrate? Yes. (laughs) The deep Uh breath. (laughs) (laughs) So shout out my boyfriend, RJ. Shout out, RJ. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to do something. Period. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, My partner's birthday is February 9th, and he lives in Alabama, so I'll be going home the weekend before Valentine's Day to celebrate with him, and we'll probably celebrate Valentine's Day as well. So Ooh, fun. Yes, I love going home. I love, Alabama. love. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, you guys? No, I saw a Hello Kitty thing happening in Atlanta. I am Ooh. single, you feel me? So Period. I'm going to go with my roommate, probably. That Period. sounds okay. really fun, and you have the best pictures all oh, the time. So Hopefully they're cute. I, I'm going to try to get some cute. You know, I already know that it's going to happen. <laughs> Period. Shout the out. only plans that I have, I want to go see the new Bob Marley movie. I so love Bob It's coming Marley. out on Valentine's Day, so. That sounds fun. I'll I love the <laughs> Me too. Speaking of Bob Marley, could you be like, I'm not singing it right, but. <laughs> oh, no. His son, or his son has a new song out. Yes. It's like something about jaw. You know what I'm talking about? I'd be yes. like, I'd be like, about. every morning. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Not every morning. Not yes. it's your worship. Yes. It really is. so good. It's so good. Now that we're on the topic of February 14th, we would love to acknowledge Morehouse Founders Day. Shout out to the brothers across the street. We love you guys. Across the street this year. Oh, oh. Sorry. No. Was that too much? Go ahead and stay over there. (laughs) No, I mean, not her man. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Shout out RJ, though. Shout out RJ. RJ, you can come RJ, you can come on campus, say hello to Fina. Exactly. (laughs) Go get off. You know. Like, happy Valentine's Day, happy Founder's Day, happy Love Day. That's what it is. That's Today what it's about. is very much about the femmes, though. Today we are defining love. That is our episode title, subtitled, Is It Sapphic, Though? Because we're going to get into it today with the color purple discussion. <laughs> so we're going to be diving deeper into sapphic media's role in the perceptions of black women. And I asked the hosts to... Do some scholarly digging and help me define love. So I'm going to pass it over to Shiloh. Yes. So I looked a little bit into All About Love by Bell Hooks and just found some quotes that I think would contribute to our conversation today. So the first one that I found is, if our society had a commonly held understanding of the meaning of love, the act of loving would not be so mystifying. Deep affection does not really adequately describe love's meaning. And then she goes on to say, to truly love, we must learn to mix various ingredients, care, affection, recognition, respect, commitment, and trust, as well as honesty and open communication. Do you all resonate with this definition of love? And if not, how would you define it? Is there anything that you guys would add? 
I do feel that her first quote is correct in saying, you know, we don't have a commonly held understanding of love, but that is because it is a mixture of these ingredients. And I also feel like love is defined differently by everyone. So those can be common ingredients that, you know, you could stir in a bowl to get something pretty. But, like, each individual person has their own recipe as to, like, how they love, how they want to be loved, what love is to them. Mm -hmm. Shout out love. Not everyone likes pretty food, though. Yeah, some people like the ugly stuff. You know those older couples where, like, they don't say much to each other. They just kind of exist around each other, Mm -hmm. but they love each other. Like that's their form of love. Being in someone's presence. Some people don't feel like that's love because they're not doing some grandiose thing. Mm. Speaking of grandiose, especially considering that we live in Atlanta, I feel like love sometimes can look very grandiose and performative. (laughs) Grandiose. It's it's just like these huge acts and not a lot of action I agree but disagree. Sorry. Period. Get into it. I agree because I was just about to say how I feel like the meaning behind love. We all have, of course we all have different, you know, recipes to our love but when she says like our, our commonly held understanding of the meaning has changed, I feel like that's so accurate. Like we see people showing others love, and it's kind of like, it's all the worst words. Mm. Like, I'm thinking of, like, simp automatically. Right. But it's mm-hmm. like, as a person showing love in a grandiose way, mm-hmm. you're usually judged for it. Mm-hmm. But I feel that like way. in the way that you're speaking on, in Atlanta, is capitalistic love. It's not about showing right. love because this is something you want, something that I want to give you. It's because I saw that. That, you know, someone got this many flowers, right, and I'm going to get them for they you. They ordered it from this company right. that's trending mm-hmm. on TikTok. Right, right, right. With the big bouquets yeah. and the They're pretty dollars awesome. and the flowers. Yeah. But that's why I feel like love is well-rounded. Like, it's not just the, okay, here's something that you like. Like, it's also... Mm-hmm. Let's watch your favorite movie for the 47th mm-hmm, time since mm-hmm. we've started dating. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, love is not monolithic. It looks yeah. so mm-hmm. different and so diverse within every different person. And that's why I also feel like living in Atlanta, it's so important to not compare your relationship to other people's relationships. Yes. Because mm-hmm. comparison is a messy. Joy. Mm-hmm. It gets yes. Yes. messy. Yes. Y'all are yeah. I also want to say that I've had very love-filled relationship here on Spelman's campus like Mm -hmm. I love my friends so much like I love the people that I've met this year and have developed relationships in the past few years but like especially people from my freshman year like I love those people like I've grown up with them my entire life and those friendships look like a lot of different things like it looks like us like you know, standing together on Founders Day and taking, you know, cute little pictures and turning up in places that shall not be named and, you know, <laughs> like, just, you know, taking naps together, like, in, you know, people's cars because we're exhausted between classes. Like, it looks like all of these forms of just, like, softness and, like, kindness and, like, just openness. Um, and that's something I really love about my friendships with, like, people at Spelman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just about to ask y'all, what do y'all think she means by deep affection does not really adequately describe love's meaning? Mm. I feel like that's exactly what you just said. Like those little moments that aren't about like showing affection or feeling affection. It's just about feeling comfortable and safe. That's Mm. what love is like. 
that's where you find your love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like for me, it's really different, though. Like, I definitely agree with that statement, but I'm a very, very affectionate person. Mm-hmm. So very touchy-touchy, feely-feely, kissy-kissy, right. you know. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like my show of love is through affection, mm-hmm. but also realizing, like, even when I'm not with my boyfriend, knowing that I still love him, even though I don't, I'm not, like, in his presence or, like, I can't feel him right now. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, in a sense of, like, safety and protection mm. yeah, yeah i definitely yeah. agree with that i was also yeah. gonna say like loyalty or trust yes yeah. loyalty and trust yeah. but i think that like deep affection it it goes the extra step when like my friends are loyal mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. and like loyal you know not in like a toxic way but just like you know i know that they respect me and they know that i stand on business and <laughs> they know how to be there for me they know when to be affectionate, mm-hmm. and they know when to leave me the hell alone. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So I think that that, like, understanding, mm-hmm. in addition to the trust, but, like, deep understanding mm-hmm. of the person is yeah. also required with the deep affection. That's true. Not yeah. just affection, but understanding. Right. Yeah. Like, actually comprehending somebody's yeah. whole personnel. Yeah. yeah. Like, right. it's really important. Because, like, I love being around people, but sometimes I just want to shut up and sit down. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm I saying? Feel like this is not the first time that we've said that. <laughs> <laughs> like we're tired. Like yeah. we're just no, tired. We just want to be in each other's presence. Like that's all we right. need sometimes. Yeah. Like my friend, me and my friend Amir, we could literally sit for hours, not say a word, eating a bowl of chipotle and just going through TikTok, <laughs> mm. and that's our form of love to each other. Yeah. Mm. We need to have another night like that, Amir. When you hear this, <laughs> schedule. Schedule no, for real. Period. I also think like on the topic of kind of familial love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my mom is my best friend yes. and she's very so she's very affectionate like kind of how you were talking about like she always wants to be like up under me like hugging me yes, and everything and I'm just not an affectionate person like <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of just staring at her like so how do you receive affection when it's <laughs> right, given right um I definitely like receive her affection like I like being hugged by her and everything but it's just like that's not really how I give love like I'm more of a quality time person Mm. I would say so I think this winter break was really healing for me because I was home and I got to be around her Mm -hmm. and just like my whole family but her especially and my sister Mm. just like spending time with them was really healing for me like because of course I you know I have those connections and valuable relationships on Spelman's campus but moving away from my mom has been you know, mm-hmm. yeah. a transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's my best friend. That's, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Really that's real black woman love. A right. mother between a black daughter and a black mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gets deep. Yes. Miss my mom. Yes. No, for real. No, Shout already. Out <laughs> like, I Shout out all that. the black moms. Right. I told her that. She was like, you just left. I'm like, <laughs> You know, speaking of black moms, it just, we're probably going to talk about this more than once, but it's mm-hmm. making me think about the projections of what others think black women should do with their love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think black mothers get policed with their love, especially, you know, when it comes to like their children. You know, I'm thinking specifically, I know there was a woman, I think it was later last year, who um, had a miscarriage. And mm-hmm. I think she like flushed what happened. And she literally got charged for, like, manslaughter. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, that makes me think about the love that she has for that experience in her child Mm -hmm. and how corrupted that is just because somebody thinks that they own her body. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Also, there are too many women who have experienced miscarriages in their homes and they weren't able to go to a hospital and let people know that this happened. So I just feel like for us to villainize her and her actions, it's just unnecessary. It's horrible. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's never right. I think it's really important, especially as college students, especially considering we're social justice people and that's something we pride ourselves on community. I think it's really important to be intentional about bringing these women, just all sorts of women into mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. cuz i can't imagine how lonely mm-hmm. and scary that felt and i know what my friendships here have done for me in times where i have felt incredibly alone and mm-hmm. scared it, i do feel oftentimes a lot of sadness for people who who don't really get to engage in in love mm-hmm. um, in all types, like not just romantic love, but like platonic all love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want us just as a human race to be more empathetic about that and like mm-hmm. be more willing to just share love constantly because you never know who's going through what, what someone might need. Yeah, right. Just love. That's that's the vibe. Just love. And then also speaking of platonic love. I feel like people don't talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like between a friendship, especially at Spelman, like there's so much love within black sisterhood. Like mm-hmm. black sisterhood is really like the essence right. of black joy for women, for and black Spelman women specifically. College. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like so much love on Spelman College's campus in various different forms. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know yeah. my freshman year, I feel like friendships can't be seasonal, but like my friends, my freshman year, they definitely taught me how to develop into a black woman who's able to accept and receive love from other black women. Because mm-hmm. it's, so frown- like, it's so frowned upon when you grow up, where it's like, you can't do that, you can't do this. Like, receiving love from a woman is bad, it's this and this and that. So when I came to college, I was just like, wow, I'm, like, I'm surrounded by women. Yeah. And I have nothing in me but love <laughs> for them. And so just a loving and accepting and receiving it as well. I definitely agree. And also, I kind of relate to, like, learning how to love even though I don't mm-hmm. have those same friends from my freshman year I still have so much love for those friends yeah. we don't talk to each other every single day or even every semester like we <laughs> see each other in passing and I'm like yeah. I remember all the memories that I was able to make with you mm-hmm. on this campus as a black woman and I know like in now and in the future we're gonna have these memories together it, it gets deep because it's like y'all yeah. don't talk no more but I still love you no yes right. I still yeah. have so much love yeah like especially for your accomplishments and what like, you want to do yes I'm like overcoming adversity. I want to be your cheerleader, even if I'm not always in your corner. Sisterhood being integral to Spelman Mm -hmm. makes me think about how a lot of the times I'll meet professors and I'm like, Mom? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) And that's so deep. Like, I am so so grateful for that. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that I'm able to come to Spelman and feel familial relationships without trying. Like, I'll meet an administrative assistant in an apartment that I have never taken a class in and we're talking about her children and like yeah. you know what kind of food her kid eats like what <laughs> her kid's allergic to like you know I love that that's mm-hmm. love for me mm-hmm. love is small talk that is joyful and you know yes. praises the the little positive things in your day mm-hmm. and I think that I have gotten to hone that sort of love here at Spelman. I know mm-hmm. I would have never, ever even began to interface this anywhere else in my life. I completely agree. <laughs> I don't think I would have found a better way to learn how to love 
than outside of Spelman's campus. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I also feel like it's how you grew up because I grew up in an African household. They don't teach you how to love. They teach you how to survive. Mm. And so everything was like survival of the fittest. And so, again, when I came to Spelman, I really had to learn how to accept and receive love. Like, yeah. in high school, I was not affectionate. I was not, wow. like, don't touch me. But after coming through Spelman, like, developing into who I am today, I'm very, very affectionate, and I mm. love affection. And so, like, just the transition of being a freshman year and being a junior year, mm-hmm. it's definitely different. It's an evolution, an evolution of love. Love. <laughs> Stop calling. <laughs> if y'all don't know, love's name is love. <laughs> and then I kind of just wanted to continue on with a little bit of Bell Hook's discussion um, from her book. So the next quote is, this despair about love is coupled with a callous cynicism that frowns upon any suggestion that love is as important as work, as crucial to our survival as a nation, as the drive to succeed. Our nation is equally driven by sexual obsession. There is no aspect of sexuality that is not Mm. studied, talked about, or demonstrated. Yet schools for love do not exist. Everyone assumes that we will know how to love instinctively. So... I thought this quote was really interesting, and I wanted to ask if you all agree with her point that there's currently a cynicism towards love within society. She calls it, like, the epidemic of lovelessness. Mm. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I have thoughts. Because one thing about being a Spelmanite is that, you know, sometimes you go out with your friends and, like, you see people, maybe you know men and they're like trying to engage with you and you're like I'm with my girls right now Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think sometimes men and you know just loveless perhaps people Mm -hmm. see these instances and they're like oh like those girls are gay like Mm -hmm. those girls are just gay Mm -hmm. like whatever can I not love my friend so much that mm-hmm. I want to do everything in my power to hide her from you because you're <laughs> creepy? <laughs> like, yeah. that really disturbs me mm-hmm. that men and people can be so offended by what we were talking about earlier, like the purity of black femme love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just skew it because it's not what they want it to be yeah like they do want it to be something that they can sexualize so Mm -hmm. that's what they turn it into but like in reality it may just be something platonic Mm -hmm. and if it is something sexual it doesn't have anything to do with you no that's real real. i feel like that's something like even we have that issue a lot of the times Mm -hmm. even our close friends at spelman feel like because I'm more femme presenting and you're more like less femme presenting that we're together and that this isn't a platonic love right and I just feel like that happens so much (laughs) that happens why so commonly (laughs) I think it's because it's not that we're loveless but we do have an obsession with this like sexualism yeah like this sexuality and like sexual Mm -hmm. relationships and I feel like for some reason that's what everyone believes that everyone else is thinking about as well Mm -hmm. and it's just very daunting yeah yeah that's literally the word it's a lot sexuality is like not protected like if Mm -hmm. you think about it historically like white women's sexuality has been they can be the bestest of the bestest friends oh right you will never question no one will ever ask if they're gay (laughs) not only that but like they have been you know it's like reefer madness was because like people were 
sexually assaulting white women. Like, they were saying that that was happening. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like, white mm-hmm. sexual purity right. is the point mm-hmm. of protection. But yeah. for some reason, black women's sexuality can be, like... The sexual obsession. Just something mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. to be, you know... Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And then also, I experience this a lot, like, because I'm so affectionate, I'm very affectionate with my girlfriends, too. Mm -hmm. And so people oftentimes be like, are you bi-curious? I'm like, I don't know what bi-curious, I'm I'm not curious, actually. Like, like, I'm not curious, I just love my girlfriends, like, I just love showing them love, because I know, like, Having girlfriends, like, especially black girlfriends, you know, mm-hmm. like, the true in-depth trauma that they have endured growing right. up. So just giving them a kiss yes. on the cheek or a hug yeah. or, like, girl, I love you. Yeah. And then it turns into, girl, are you bi-curious? No. <laughs> I'm not curious, actually. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. And I think we should also acknowledge that there are queer relationships happening mm-hmm. on Spelman right. Love. Exactly. That's also Spelman on Spelman Love. And I love it. Like, I love to see it. I think most people love to see it. Everyone who doesn't love to see it. Stop being homophobic. No, for real. I do want to ask, like, how do you handle, is it something that, like, do you feel like people ask you when you're giving them affection or something? Do you have to, like, dial back your affection with your friends then? Um, no, I don't. (laughs) And I won't. Unless they verbally tell me, like, I'm very uncomfortable with this level of affection. A lot of them know I'm very affectionate and very bubbly. And so everything's a joke with me, honestly. (laughs) It's just really interesting because I know a lot of people aren't really, even before I came to Spelman, I wasn't really educated in, like, the LGBTQIA plus community. Mm -hmm. And so, like, actually understanding what it is, understanding my sexuality, although I may not be a part of the community, but accepting the community for what it is and not, like, you know, judging and stuff like that. And so also understanding, like, there's no fine line in love, Mm -hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? If I want to show affection, that don't mean... If you want to show affection, that don't mean you bi-curious. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and if you do, are showing affection and you are bisexual, you are lesbian, that's you. you yeah, know that's I mean? fine. Also, like, it's fine. I do feel like it's harder to then make, like bring in love into your friendships because no matter what, people, even your friends may feel like that this is a sexual relationship or that mm-hmm. you're intending to be romantic with them i feel like that doesn't happen as much on spellman's campus but i do feel like it's something that it's something experienced because we're like in a loveless society i guess they're not used to getting that affection that's true i also feel like my aura is romantic though so like (laughs) the way i look at people how i talk to people so i feel like that just may be just misconstrued i'm letting everybody know i'm not like i'm not curious (laughs) i know i actually am standing firmly on business exactly (laughs) i'm trying to show you love and affection it's interesting that like i did not think about this when writing the outline but you know i've been out as pansexual meaning just Mm -hmm. loving all genders since i was 14 maybe 13 I came out in middle school and in middle school I was doing sports with women and I remember being super intentional about just like looking up into the sky or like into a corner because like I was friends with everybody and nobody had expressed like oh I think you're gonna look at me or whatever but I didn't want to make anyone uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because I was Mm -hmm. very openly queer and as I just like continued developing like myself like I think that I just had to accept that some people were going to misconstrue my love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to the point we were talking about earlier, like, 
it's not my fault that people want to sexualize my platonic mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not my fault. Yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm glad that you said what you said. Like keep doing what you're doing. Like consent, you know, consent involved. But like keep doing, <laughs> keep doing what you're doing because like it's not our responsibility to make someone think. Oh, like that's that's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Who are you to say what is fine and what's right. not fine in the way I love people? I feel like society just needs to vibe. Just vibe. <laughs> just vibe. Just vibe. This, yeah. That's what this really conversation makes me... I read this like article called How Black Femme Friendships Changed My Life. Mm. And literally what you said... Um, it was published in 2018 by Cameron Glover. And what you said about having to like change how you act around certain people so that other people feel more comfortable mm-hmm. as around you because they know you're black and queer. I feel like this is exactly what this article is talking about. It's like having to... like quiet your queerness I guess and not make the other straight women in the room feel like I'm a predator towards them that was something that I wanted to talk about because I wanted to speak on the article I feel like y'all should go read it if y'all want to look it up yeah y'all go read reading is fundamental (laughs) one of my favorite things that Dr. Spence said to me once is are the girls really reading like, <laughs> and uh, that encouraged me to get on my nice Zoom and start reading. Start more. reading. So Shout out, Doctor. Go Smith. ahead and read the article that she just mentioned. Oh yeah. Are the girls are really the, reading? Like, are you really are the reading? girls reading? <laughs> not I reading for like, real. Oh my God, Doctor. Am I reading for real? Right. Like what she said. Right. Not reading. So I was like, no, they're not. I don't know what to tell you. That is so funny. No, but I love the fact that you brought up that article because it made me think about, like, how I want to be loved and how, like, I accept other people's loves, especially, Mm -hmm. like, within my black femme um, friendships. Mm -hmm. And just, like, reflecting on my friendships and, like, how, like, I'm affectionate, but my best friend, Kasaya, may not be affectionate, but we still, like, balance each other out. Mm -hmm. And then also thinking, like, even in my relationship, like, how I love, how he loves, how that balances our relationship out. It just put me in a deep thought process, like... (laughs) How do I want to be loved? How do y'all want to be loved? Okay. That's a good question. Hold on. I got to think about that. Yeah, like, how do y'all want to be loved? Damn, I got y'all in your thoughts. Right. That's a hard question. Yeah, and it's funny that it's hard even though I'm in a relationship, but, Mm. um, you know, we're long distance, Mm. um, so I think about how I want to be loved a lot because there's going to be a time where you know, we're physically together and Mm -hmm. things are just, like, regular. Like, right now, I just want compassion Mm -hmm. and someone who literally just makes me laugh, like, takes my mind off things, like, for for real. Mm -hmm. Um, That looks like love for me because that that is an understanding of how, like, busy and stressed I am all the time. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. But I, I also think I would like to have quality time Mm -hmm. but that's something I have to work on myself because I do a lot of working and TV and working and laying down and working and eating breakfast and XYZ and it's like maybe you just need to eat breakfast or like watch your movie like Mm -hmm. I think that's something I'm going to have to work on as I transition into you know being physically with my partner all the time Yeah, Yeah. like Mm -hmm. learning to be still Oh, God, I can't. I can't, I can't do that. I mean, well, let me not say that. <laughs> I can't at all. No, we can do it. We're just black women who just time. love to work. to do it, you know? Yeah. No, literally. It also made me realize, like, 
how I want to be loved, how I love, what I love about my relationship. And I, I just want to shout out my boyfriend, y'all. I'm so shout out RJ. <laughs> like, I love how he loves me in, like, yes. my fullest form. Like, I don't have to, like, adjust. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, like, make myself turn to the smaller person like he mm. knows I'm dramatic I have this really big personality and he accepts it wholly mm-hmm. speaking yeah. of he just takes it oh. <laughs> that is cute actually that is cute how do you guys want to be loved yeah I think that was an interesting question for me because mm-hmm. the only love that I've experienced I don't want to say only as if that's like not you know yeah. what I'm saying yeah. but I've never re- experienced romantic love yeah. sure so that's so pure and innocent <laughs> I love that <laughs> Because it's like you have so much to love and experience. (laughs) It is such a beautiful experience to have that for the first time. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for that. Let me know when it happens. I'll let you know. (laughs) But I think it's interesting because as we were talking about before, society does have a tendency to only, you know, discuss romantic love. So the first thing my mind went to is like my platonic love and my familial love Mm -hmm. because those, you know what I'm saying? Like that's my foundation. Um, Those are my people. And I feel like within those relationships, the biggest thing is what you were talking about, someone who accepts you wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. for who you Mm -hmm. are. I feel like that's, like, the biggest sign of love for me. That's one of the most important things, like, in my loving relationships. So I feel like that will remain, you know, something that's important to me. When that day comes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to be at the wedding like, y'all, y'all didn't know her. This is our first. If you're single bad. and you're looking for a very beautiful oh, girl who's and intelligent G. and smart, y'all hit up and Shiloh. Just hit up the Make sure you uh, apply for it. Apply. <laughs> That's apply. so funny. And me, Love and Del will be reviewing the application. Exactly. We're also <laughs> seeking applications for Del as well. Oh. <laughs> we won't be taking all Right. <laughs> all those will so be sent straight to the trash. No. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Oh, my God. Um, no, yeah, I also relate. Like, mm-hmm. I feel... Every time I think of love, I immediately go to familial love. Mm-hmm. I go to all of my... I have five older sisters. Oh. So all of my love and everything I've learned about love, mm-hmm. honestly and truly, has came from my five older sisters. Mm-hmm. And then I just feel like, other than that, other than that, in romantic love, I think I would want to be literally heard... Mm -hmm. And I think, like I say, protected a lot, but I think that's something that's really important to me is feeling like safe. Yeah, Mm -hmm. really safe with that person who I'm with, Mm -hmm. feeling like I'm not going to be judged in any Mm -hmm. capacity, like for my thoughts and how I go about things. So Mm -hmm. I just think I think that's all I want. It's like Mm -hmm. this type of really trusting, safe space Mm -hmm. for myself. Yeah, that's what I want in love. Yes. (laughs) I think with that safe space also. Like, someone who just listens to you mm-hmm. and doesn't immediately try to, like, you know, jump to a solution. Yeah. I yes. feel like that's something that I love in a lot of my platonic friendships, too. I was yeah. going to say, yeah. yeah. An being active heard. listener. Right, yes, yes, being heard, yes. I feel like the things that we're seeking and how we want to be loved mm-hmm. is how black women are hated on in society. Mm-hmm. So, for example, like us being misheard, Mm -hmm. lack of communication, having to fit into this box. Right. Like, everything we're saying. Wanting to feel safe. Exactly. Mm -hmm. demonized for wanting to feel safe. Safe. Oh, my God. Like, the comments on social media when women, like, it's actually When they want stability. When they want safety in their homes. Oh, my goodness. Like, and why is it that y'all can do this in front of God and everybody? Like, (laughs) right. what? Listen. What's making you feel... 
Yeah. Like, what makes you feel so confident in God's green earth to say that? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The fact that, like, black women are always put in, like, survival mode, Mm -hmm. but wanting to feel safe within, like, a loving atmosphere is something that we all desire. I feel like it's really deep. Yeah. It steps into that trauma wound that black women experience. I think that's why. Racial healing. Get off the top. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's why Bell was (laughs) talking about, like, women... And the way that they love specifically mm-hmm. is so significant. Like, if you want to get into that quote, Shiloh. Yes. yes. So the quote says, All my life I have thought of love as primarily a topic women contemplate with greater intensity and vigor than anybody else on the planet. I still hold this belief even though female visionary thinking on the subject has yet to be taken seriously as the thoughts and writings of men. Men theorize about love, but women are most often love's practitioners. Mm. Come on now. Right. <laughs> I Bell consider myself a practitioner of love. Right. Like, I am confident in the way that I love the people in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely critique myself, you know, when there's room for critique. But mm-hmm. I know myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm always loving the people in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that self-awareness is also, like, really important in the whole conversation of, like, love what you want how you want to receive it how you want to give it like you have to know yourself to understand these things for yourself mm-hmm. yeah. and i don't want to say that women are better at self-awareness or anything but well, like, <laughs> i will well, say, no, say it too. in a sense that you know yeah in a sense that mm, oh yeah. my goodness no so you're I think you're completely right. It's the intentionality behind it. I think mm-hmm. I bring that up so much. It's your intention. Yeah. If your yeah. intention isn't clear to yourself, I don't mm-hmm. know how it's going to be clear for anybody else. I feel like I feel like women have had to show an expertise in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To like mm. keep moving. I wow. don't know if that makes sense. No, yeah. that does make sense. <laughs> it's like we have to show it more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we don't have an expertise, mm-hmm. right. like if we are not good at love. Mm-hmm. That's like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't not be yeah. a good loving mother, a good yes. loving sister, a good loving wife. Yes, you yeah. have to be great at giving a love. Good loving daughter. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. so true. And then it's also like the idea of what love is is then put on us to portray it mm-hmm. when that may not be how we want to be loved or how we love right. or how we want to feel love. And so I think that's really interesting to think about because it's like dang like society really has black women in this like little scope of things Mm -hmm. and we can't like evolve and like transcend out of it i think that's really interesting and when we do we're harmed exactly like yeah it's exactly it's not an exception and then also like the idea that loving is like a feminine quality Mm -hmm. and so a lot of men that i come across actually lack love or lack Mm -hmm. the ability to receive love yeah And so I think it's really interesting because it's, like, how we're raised and how we grow up. And then I also say, like, yes, Mm -hmm. society. And I also say, like, black women need to do, you know, their job in a sense of, like. Raising black men. Yes, raising Mm -hmm. black men. at the same time. At the same time. You know what I'm saying? It's like a whole circle. (laughs) No, black men need to be in black young men's lives. Yes, for sure. Get into it. for them. It's Mm -hmm. not a woman's. I'm sorry. Hold on. <laughs> no. The church should be started to show up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry that I Get brought that out. Get into it. I say that because I have five older sisters. I'm telling, I don't mean to say that women's job is to raise good black men. We want them to raise good black men because they're usually the sole parent in that home. Right. Exactly. It's usually left on them to raise the good black men. And 
sadly, mm-hmm. when they fail, it's placed on them and not the person who left that situation. I 100% you know, agree I, with that. I just got upset because I want there to be more community organizing around prioritizing young black mm-hmm. men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we need to have a whole. Episode about that. Yeah, we do. That's a whole different topic. That's love. Like that is showing love, and that is where this lovelessness, I think, comes into it. It's because some people don't have a community that fed into them, so they don't think, well, if I don't create the community for these young youth, then like. Who's gonna do it? Yeah. Like they're not considering yeah. that. Yeah, that's why I got so frustrated. No, that's no, real. it's okay. We don't place the blame on the black men. We never mm. do. And yeah. we should. And we should. And I also feel like I agree. <laughs> and, we <should. laughs> and we should start. We should. We should start placing the blame on who needs to be blamed. Right. right. In yeah. this situation, because I feel like every situation is different. Different. But I definitely agree with Dell in a sense of like. It's not the black woman's job, but it's often left on us to do the job. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes our job. Right. I always say, because I grew up with the older brothers, like, my black mom coddles her black son to the early ages of adulthood. Mm-hmm. And so... Why you said that? Because <laughs> I, I literally did a whole like research essay. Oh, wow, you did? I yes. was like... <laughs> Like, I feel like black moms, like, really, like, coddle their sons, their black sons, Mm. and then raise their black daughters. And so that leaves us in, like, also survival mode, but also having to learn how to be feminine and soft and loving and this and that. And it's like... It leaves a lot on our little plate. Exactly. My plate is literally this big. I don't really have much room. (laughs) Like, no room at all, actually. So, to close out the episode, we're going to have a quick, robust discussion about the color purple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, we're going to start discussing some text from Anaya Baines, former director of Tech Ops of TBR. Anaya is currently a fellow at Girls Right Now. Come Period. on now. Exactly. Right. And we're going to read just a quote from her, her initial review. Let's get right into it. I cried. Black people in musicals are a match made in heaven. I think that this adaptation does a fairly good job balancing the pain with the joy. I do wish that it leaned more into quiet. That would make the big numbers have even more impact. Another missed op- opportunity is how they use light skin as shorthand for desirability, i.e. Nettie and Suge. This does a disservice to the nuance and commentary in the novel. I also think that this version improves upon Suge and Celie's relationship from the previous adaptation. However, I wish it was more queer. I believe that oftentimes queer love can be presented as more sanitized than its straight counterpart. This is perhaps an overcorrection in reaction to the fetishization that LGBT plus people face. However, queer sex is important. Sex is not just salacious. It can be healing, holy. If we see sex used as perfunctionary violence, re Mr. and Celie, why can't we have a scene where we see Celie really experience pleasure for the first time? Anaya's initial review. Oh, that was deep. No, yeah, it really was. no, like that was really. Deep. Anaya really can write, like, because mm-hmm. <laughs> that was just a text. Like that wasn't yeah. even like a blog post or anything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like that was really deep. Um, I really appreciate what was said about leaning into the quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I really loved that about the original mm-hmm. film especially going to high school in like rural Alabama the quiet like I'm thinking about the scenes where they bring out the 
juke joint onto the river and how it's like super quiet when that happens. And mm-hmm. like there's other parts of the movie where that happens and I just feel like it shows the southernness <laughs> and the ruralness. Mm-hmm. The silence you're gonna find the silence <laughs> that you find in in the rural parts of Georgia, I think, which is where they're supposed to be. For sure. Um Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> I also agree that just off of what I saw, because I, I've seen the original version. I haven't mm. seen the new one. Mm. But I did see a clip of the musical duet between Taraji P. Henson and my soror, Fantasia. <laughs> yeah, um, shout out to D9. Shout out to D9. But anyway, that sanitized, I think, was, like, the word that I felt. And mm-hmm. I know you guys have, like, different feelings about it. But I think that there's a balance between not fetishizing queer sexuality and earnestly and honestly telling the story. Mm-hmm. And I think the original version, even though, uh, according to the LA Times article, that was still sanitized because mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg didn't want to go he, too crazy. I think he didn't know how to accurately portray it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because he addressed the fact that he should have done more with the representation right. of the relationship between Suge and Seeley. But for some reason, he didn't. And he was like, I was kind of shy as a director to, I guess, go but there. But it's like, but as it, a... Di- that's like a cop-out. Yeah, that's what, I'm saying. that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like, first of all, the first red flag is the color purple is written by a black woman. Mm-hmm. And everybody in the original film is black, mm-hmm. a majority of the people. I haven't seen either. So, you know, I'm just, you know what I'm saying? I'm just here. But um, (laughs) I definitely think that, like, as a director, if you know that you have to shy away from a very important scene and desensitize it, maybe you should. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you should direct it, actually. And it was very (laughs) important to Alice Walker that the relationship between Suge and Seeley was portrayed, Mm -hmm. like, fully and wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Especially because she says she based Seeley off her grandmother and, like, Mm -hmm. these were her real experiences. And so I just think it's interesting that Steven Spielberg had that power like oh, within the movie exactly yeah. that's what i'm saying and i also think it's really interesting because i've seen a lot of think pieces on black twitter mm-hmm. and people are saying like the entire movie's desensitized because mm-hmm. it's turned into a musical mm-hmm. and i feel like that can be debated but however i do think a lot of people were saying like oprah did not need to make this <laughs> she didn't need to she didn't even make it it just should have stayed in the vault not and i mean <laughs> I I appreciate seeing it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's a lot of readaptations happening currently that everybody's been right. yeah, right. yeah. yeah. like, why do we keep getting more? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. People aren't writing. Yeah, no one's writing. Nobody's and we, writing. I want more black reading. stories. Sorry. Well, are the you girls reading? reading? <laughs> the girls aren't reading so the girls aren't writing. Right. Okay, <laughs> I think that these reviews and these critiques come from a valid place, but yeah. at the same time, it's tends to also come from a lot of racialized places like it's usually because they don't want to see more black people on the screen Mm -hmm. they don't want to see another black story being told and it's like at least that's from my opinion i think that the more recent film leaned into the musical aspect because the actress that portrays celia is sanctified like gifted (laughs) spiritually Mm -hmm. with the with the gift of voice and song Mm -hmm. i felt like they had to (laughs) They decided to do the musical. I version. felt like they had to make they it. They had to a get musical, Fantasia like, for real, for real. Like but they no, had but it's a musical. Shine. It's a Broadway. On Broadway. Yeah, it's already Fantasia on Broadway. Right. Play yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so I'm right. like, yeah. She did play it on Broadway. They too. are like, they made a movie mm. of I the Broadway that musical. She did yeah. it on Broadway too. See, I, don't I don't know why I thought it was just. I don't think it's wrong that it's a musical. However, I do think it's wrong that there's a white director. There's.
There's so yeah. many black directors who could have directed that and really portrayed the actual like deep relationship. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially if he was like a close friend of Alice Walker or whatever. Like they yeah. were very close. If he was like, really close, how he was saying like honor her, her intentions for the film. Director for yeah, the director yeah. for the most recent one is a black man. Okay, okay. exactly. But like, and that yeah, last may have been another reason why he didn't go out sexualizing mm. the queer relationship because mm. he didn't want to be like ridiculed for fetishizing. Yeah, yeah, especially it's as a, a black man. Yeah. Like, maybe we just need to let black women direct movies. Then. <laughs> right. However, isn't the book like the way are. Alice Walker describes it in the book? It's actually quite in depth of their sexual it is, relationship in the book, yes. so yeah, let's start bringing the book to life right right let's do what the artist actually wanted right i feel like it's her art mm-hmm. let's just portray it the way that she wanted it exactly i really wonder how many black female voices were like behind the scenes in the creation yeah. of the new film yeah. because now we know it was a black man who directed it and then oprah was a part of like production but like who else? I did. Who else, <laughs> who else was there? there? <laughs> I hear some concerning things about the way that the actresses were treated. Like oh, the pay. Well, the oh, pay yeah. and Ooh. also like that's why like, every time we bring up Oprah, I'm like Barbie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, because like Barbie, who I think Warner Brothers also did. Mm-hmm. They had like they had like a smoothie bar and mm-hmm. a cafe specific to the Barbie mm. set oh, but like cute. the people well the color purple cats didn't have anything yeah. I almost mm. cussed cause like <laughs> like they literally didn't have anything compared to what I'm the sorry. Barbie that is people so horrible. said mm. no like, and I think it's like I think it's really disturbing no for yeah. real like how did the Barbie I'm, no I can just imagine I'm only laughing because I can <laughs> really imagine the, the pricing going towards the Barbie movie right and the all of the media that we movie saw wasn't that good it, oh. it was so bad it was, it was Actually, like, I can talk about that movie for days. It was movie. not great. I didn't like it. And they like had a lot of I money. sat in the theater. I'm like, I wasted my oh, money. I was Issa so upset. is beautiful and perfect. Love I Issa love Rae, Issa Rae. I love Issa Rae. Why was she the only black one in the film, though? They needed one. I thought Barbie was supposed <laughs> to be about women. <laughs> I'm See, sorry. When, when, when white people say woman, they mean white woman. No, no literally, because all Let, the white women on TikTok also, are like, if your boyfriend doesn't ask you to see Barbie, break up with him. Like, like this is revolutionary. <laughs> and I was like, so confused because I walked into the theater really thinking I was about to be like, I was like, I learned this in ADW, actually. No, right. Oh that's my God. Like, y'all are right. actually like 20 years behind. That's what I'm saying. You know, speaking of ADW, <laughs> Ooh, get into Walker it. is the author of The Color Purple. Right. Um, really quickly, Screen Rant describes the purple color itself as a representation of power, and it symbolizes, mm-hmm. see this transformation um, into a confident woman who's independent and bold, like The Color Purple is very bold. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a representation of her spiritual and sexual awakening. Obviously, those things happen in the film, so I really just want to call it into conversation the actual color purple Mm -hmm. and Alice Walker's definition of womanism um, she has four but my favorite or one of my favorites was womanist is to feminist as purple is to lavender lavender. period that's so deep Mm -hmm. it really is it's beautiful because it's like womanism is deep and rich (laughs) like the color purple but feminism's more like oh hold on (laughs) no sorry (laughs) I was getting too deep (laughs) (laughs) no I no I mean, Feminine was more like, mm, not in a sense that, in a sense that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's good that you stopped me, Fire. <laughs> I think that 
everyone should walk away from today's episode just feeling encouraged to call up their their girls and Mm -hmm. kiki and just have some love and experience some love with your loved ones you know valentine's day is a very interesting holiday you know (laughs) many people believe is just a capitalist invention so let's reclaim it as black women and really make it about genuine beautiful just real Mm -hmm. love i agree Love, love. <laughs> love, Lena, love. I am gonna, Happy Valentine's I'm gonna Day. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay tuned. Be sure to stay tuned with us at the Blue Record Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And check out our website, thebluerecordpodcast.com, for our blog and any other updates. Yes. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.